The strange but true story featured on this podcast contains details some people may find distressing. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Chaya Samuel and things are about to get weird. Welcome back, you lovely lot. Thank you so much for joining me for episode nine of Things Are About To Get Weird. I'm sure most of you know the drill by now, but if you're new here, this is a podcast dedicated to the stranger things in life, from true crime and tales of bizarre phenomena to unsolved mysteries and odd happenings from around the world. If you can't resist a good strange but true story, you're definitely in the right place. Now, when you saw the title of this episode, I'm sure some of you were expecting that this would be a run-of-the-mill explanation of the Avril Lavigne clone theory that's been circulating around the internet for the past few years. The one that claims the real Avril Lavigne died and was replaced by a doppelganger. And whilst I will, of course, be laying out the details of the theory... What I'm also going to be doing is debunking it. I know, a bit of a plot twist, but in truth, the strangest thing about this story is the way that it spread and got totally out of control. As I hope to show in this episode, sometimes when you see a weird rumour unfolding from more of an inside perspective, you don't realise how huge it's become until it's suddenly being incorrectly presented as almost factual on a global scale. Allow me to explain. There's really no other way for me personally to start this story other than to tell you about my own experiences as an Avril Lavigne fan. But just in case anyone listening doesn't know anything about Avril Lavigne, Avril is a Canadian musician. She was born on the 27th of September 1984 in Belleville, Ontario, and she's released seven studio albums to date. She's had a hugely successful career and has definitely had somewhat of a resurgence lately as part of this 2020s pop-punk revival that we're seeing. Although for long-time fans like me, she never really went away. She just had a quieter few years, which we'll talk more about later. Now, anyone who's followed me online for a while will already know this, but I have loved Avril and her music from day one, ever since the first time I heard Complicated on the radio in 2002. And in many ways, it's kind of hard for me to explain how much she impacted my life as a teenager. Avril hugely inspired my music taste. She acted as a gateway artist to so many bands and subgenres and other artists, as well as my personal style. As I bore a passing resemblance to her, I even did a little bit of Avril lookalike work as a teenager. And whilst yes, it's very cringy in hindsight, it goes to show how much of an icon she was and still is. I actually even met Avril in 2011 after her show in Manchester. It wasn't a paid meet and greet or a photo op or anything like that. I happened to be with a couple of people who know her and know her team and we were lucky enough to hang out with her backstage for 20 minutes or so and I'll be sure to post a picture of us together on Instagram for reference. Now, after hearing all of that, I would completely forgive you for thinking that this episode might be a little biased. Of course, a dedicated Avril Lavigne fan is going to defend her and try to discredit this theory that's been so insidious online for so many years now. But in reality, my status as a dedicated fan is the reason I'm so easily able to debunk it. Things which might look a little bit odd to non-fans or even casual fans are things that I'm able to explain with no problem. 
I've been there from the very start and I've watched her career progress in real time. So I have a lot of knowledge of the details of her journey. If you're confused, fear not, as I'm about to go back to basics and give you a full rundown of what on earth this theory is all about. Since the very early days of her career, rumours and false stories about Avril have always seemed to crop up. I remember being in high school around 2003 and someone saying to me, did you hear that Avril Lavigne has a brain tumour and has only been given weeks to live, which is horrible and obviously untrue, but Back then, you couldn't just pull out your phone and Google a rumour like that to disprove it. I remember being really upset the whole day until I got home and booted up our family computer and I couldn't find anything about the story online and I realised it was a hoax. In hindsight, the girl who told me the rumour did not like me at all, so I think she was just trying to get to me in this very messed up way, but... Also, in those days, there were new and bizarre rumours about a different celebrity every single day, so it wasn't odd that Avril had been the target on that particular occasion. But a few more years into Avril's career, the gossip mill would be sent into overdrive after the publication of a blog post on a Brazilian fan site with the name Avril Esther Morta, or Avril is Dead. Now, whilst the post was published in 2011, some sources claim the general idea of the story had been floating around in other forms since around 2005. It even makes me wonder whether the rumour I heard in high school had been wider spread than I realised and perhaps it was what had inspired the blog post. I can't be sure on that, but what I can be more sure of is the contents of the blog, as a version of it is still live to this day. It was originally written in Portuguese, but I'll be reading out quotes from the version that's been translated to English. The post, which was first published on the 6th of May 2011, simply begins with the line, Is the real Avril Lavigne dead? It first of all notes that she had a sudden change in appearance around 2004, and questions whether, instead of this being down to Avril simply growing and maturing, it was actually because she had died in 2003 and was replaced by a, quote, almost identical doppelganger. The writer speculates that due to Avril being signed to her record label at the age of just 16, and with her debut album propelling her to fame just a year later, the stress and pressure of such a meteoric rise to prominence, combined with the death of her grandfather, were just too much for the teenage Avril to cope with. It's then suggested that some of her more emotional lyrics are evidence that she might be prone to depression, and then goes on to describe in detail how she may have taken her own life. When you actually read the primary source material, i.e. the original blog post, it's truly baffling to think that this theory ever gained any traction. It's so clearly pulled entirely from the writer's imagination, but I digress. I'm going to focus on the theory first and then tell you my thoughts afterwards. So the blog post continues saying, quote, Rich and influential people are capable of setting up anything and hiding anything too. It's hard to say how many people could have been involved in this, but it wouldn't be hard to hide her death, as there would be a perfect replacement. Avril's doppelganger would have been almost identical, but I said almost. The idea they then presented was that an almost identical lookalike went on to impersonate Avril, but would leave little clues about what happened along the way. 
For example, Avril's second album was called Under My Skin. The writer notes the evolution in musical style, with it becoming a little darker, but also suggests that the album title meant this doppelganger was living under the skin of the real Avril. They note that her name is written in black on the album art, whilst the album title is in red, apparently representing mourning and bloodshed. They refer heavily to song lyrics from the album, particularly from Nobody's Home and My Happy Ending, suggesting there are references to how she took her own life and is now living a lie. They also note that one of the prominent members of Avril's band and her close friend, Evan Torbenfeld, left the band after Under My Skin was released and later wrote a song called Best Years of Our Lives, where the lyrics discuss things like losing a best friend. Then we get to one of the arguments which people most commonly discuss in this theory, along with the musical changes that have happened throughout Avril's career, and that's the idea that parts of Avril's physical appearance changed from 2002 to 2004 and onwards. The writer speculated that Avril's nose looked different, that reports of her exact height varied from source to source, and that she would wear certain shoe brands to try and disguise this discrepancy in her height. There were points about how her autograph looked slightly different and that her clothing styles had changed. There was also a lot of discussion about her singing voice changing over the years, her views on things like dressing and revealing clothing changing, and lots more word-by-word analysis of her song lyrics to try and justify their points. If you're so inclined, you could probably spend a good few hours reading the blog post and watching every attached video clip that they've embedded to add visual aids to their arguments. But that's the condensed version of the original clone or doppelganger theory. Now, if you've heard of this theory before, you might be wondering when I'm going to mention Melissa. In recent years, pretty much every time this theory is bandied about, it's in connection with the idea that the person who replaced the real Avril is called Melissa or Melissa Vandella. But when you read through the blog post, there's no mention of Melissa. So what's the whole Melissa thing about? I can't tell you how badly I want to skip to the debunking section of this episode right now, but I'm going to persevere and explain how this new branch of the rumour started. It appears that the blog post that's live today has been edited over the years. Virtually every article about the clone theory notes that it was the blog post who first referenced the name Melissa Vandella and said she was a friend of Avril's who was moulded into being her replacement. There also used to be lots more side-by-side photos on the blog comparing things like Avril's beauty spots on her arms from one photo to another. I can only conclude that the Melissa name was one of the things removed from the blog post in recent years, and we'll come on to my thoughts about all of that very soon. But first, let's talk about how this theory went from being hosted solely on this obscure, rambling blog to being one of the most notorious pop culture conspiracies. In 2015, a BuzzFeed writer called Ryan Broderick was visiting the BuzzFeed Brazil offices when the team there started telling him about this rumour floating around in Brazil that Avril Lavigne had died and been replaced by a clone. It was spoken about like it was very, very clearly just a joke and nothing more, and Ryan mentions in a subsequent BuzzFeed piece he wrote on the matter that he thought it was funny. He decided to tweet about the theory and even linked the original blog post, 
and from there the rumour spread like wildfire. Major magazines and online publications started picking up the story and social media shares of the theory were climbing into the tens of thousands. But things did not stop there. In 2017, the rumour resurfaced once again, with YouTubers like Shane Dawson creating viral videos about it, and a thread on Twitter ended up providing one of the key pieces of apparent evidence believers still latch onto to this day. A user on Twitter found a photo where Avril had the name Melissa written across the back of her hand, and for many people this served as proof that the doppelganger was trying to tell the public the truth. By this point, the theory was crossing over into true conspiracy territory. People were becoming convinced it was true on a mass scale. Endless comments were being written under Avril's social media posts, referencing the rumour, asking if it was the real Avril posting or if it was in fact Melissa, and this is still going on to this day. If you've only stumbled across me by listening to this podcast, you might not know that I also create TikTok videos about the music I love, and several of my most viral videos on the platform are related to Avril Lavigne in some way. Because of my passing resemblance to her, I am constantly asked what I think of the theory, and I've had countless comments speculating about whether I'm another clone or even the real Avril, which is clearly ridiculous, I don't even look that much like her, but it just goes to show how firmly rooted this idea has become. The only problem is, the whole thing is completely false. I can already tell this is going to be very cathartic for me, so allow me to present to you the truths behind the rumours, starting with the fact that the original Brazilian blog post admitted it was all a hoax in the very first paragraph. Ryan Broderick from BuzzFeed points out that the very first line of the original blog post used to read, this blog was created to show how conspiracy theories can look true. And whilst it appears that this was one of the things later edited out, if you scroll to the conclusion section of the current incarnation of the post, it begins, what lesson could I leave with all this? Well, what I would like to draw attention to, people who read my blog, is how the world is susceptible to believing in things, and concludes, whenever you want to believe something questionable, there will always be elements for you to justify your belief, but be careful that your life is not based on a mere conspiracy theory, tidy and organised to make it seem real. What's more, the Avril Lavigne blog post site isn't the only one of its kind. Surprisingly similar Brazilian blog sites focusing on celebrities like Selena Gomez, Miley Cyrus and Demi Lovato emerged in the years following the Avril site, and they all followed pretty much the same format. Instead of Avril Estamorta or Avril is dead, they were called Selena or Miley Estamorta, and would focus on the theory that, you guessed it, they had died and been replaced by a lookalike. Whilst I can't confirm that they were written by the same person, they all follow very similar formats and have a very similar feel to them. One of the arguments for the theory that I hear a lot is that it's just too creative to be fake. Where on earth did the writer dream it all up from? Well, in reality, it's far from the first time that the idea of a celebrity dying and being replaced by a doppelganger has gained traction. Probably the most famous victim of a rumour like this was none other than Sir Paul McCartney. 
This theory, which first started circulating around 1967, was even featured in Time Magazine's 2009 feature, documenting 10 of the most enduring conspiracy theories of all time. And what name was given to this rumour? It was, of course, Paul is dead. For the sake of time, as I have a lot more to say about Avril Lavigne in this episode, I won't go any deeper into the Paul McCartney theory, but do check out that Time magazine piece if you'd like further information. Again, it's absolutely bizarre to see how it spread. I can't definitively say whether the writer of the Avril is Dead theory took inspiration from the Paul McCartney rumour, but there are a lot of similarities and it would be the least surprising plot twist in history if this is where the idea first originated. Now to debunk the Melissa photograph once and for all. In my opinion, the Avril Lavigne clone theory really gained a new kind of traction once this photo was unearthed by people on Twitter, as on the surface it does look quite compelling. So what if I told you that the photo is in fact real? It is true that there is a photo where Avril Lavigne has the name Melissa written across the back of her hand. What if I also told you that Melissa is a real person with a connection to Avril, and that it's a person I've been in touch with on and off for the past decade? Because that is true as well. The only thing is, Melissa is not the fictional Melissa Vandella, the Avril doppelganger. She is the owner of one of the biggest Avril fan sites, and there is a photo of her and Avril together as recently as earlier this year. Years and years ago, Melissa won a contest where the prize was to have Avril write the winner's name on the back of her hand and post a selfie. This was a very of-the-time, MySpace-style prize, and I do remember that this was a pretty common thing for artists to do a few years back. I did try to contact Melissa to get a quote for this episode, but she only posts on Twitter every few months at the moment, and unfortunately she hasn't seen my messages, but if you look back through her tweets, she has addressed the clone theory several times. In 2015, in response to someone mentioning the rumour, she tweeted, lol, too funny. If you don't know, this was a prize from a contest, which is why my name is written on her hand. By 2017, Melissa was clearly becoming more annoyed with people tweeting her about the theory, which I can completely understand. It's annoying enough for me on TikTok. I can't imagine how often people direct questions about it to her. She expressed that she'd had enough of people tweeting her about it and emphasised that, quote, "'My name is Melissa. The photo is a contest win from years ago.'" I've purposefully not said the name of Melissa's fan site or social accounts as I feel she's made it clear from her tweets that she's had enough of having to explain the situation and I totally get that, so I'll leave this section here. But for me, knowing who the real Melissa is all of these years, it's been so strange to see people take this photograph and use it as proof of a fictional rumour when I know the truth. I believe the name Melissa Vandella is quite clearly made up and it was just an unfortunate coincidence that a photo of Avril with what is quite a common name written on her hand does exist. I really hope that this clears up that element for good. Okay, let's dive into the heart of what the original blog post author was trying to draw attention to when writing the Avril is Dead theory. The idea that her voice, her style and her looks changed drastically in the years since she first came into the spotlight. Now, just for a moment, take yourself back to being 17-year-old you. 
even if you're only, say, 19 or 20 years old now, I'm sure even then you could point to a dozen tangible differences in yourself, whether it's what you look like, your views on the world, or the progress you've made when doing the creative things that you love. Avril is no different. She was catapulted to fame as a 17-year-old who had grown up in a small town in Canada, and suddenly she was this global star. Of course, certain things about her are going to evolve massively as she grows from a teenager to a young adult. The only difference is, she went through that change with the eyes of the world on her, whereas most of us don't. I'm going to tackle each of the original blog post's major points individually, starting with her voice and musical style. The blog post notes that the music and lyrical styles featured on Avril's second album, Under My Skin, vary drastically from those featured on her debut, Let Go. And it's clear that this is true. Let Go was a mixture of light-hearted pop-punk and skater-pop, along with some light rock and even a tiny bit of a country vibe at times, especially in songs like My World. Flash forward to Under My Skin two years later, and there absolutely is a darker vibe, with some of the tracks like Forgotten even venturing into the post-grunge and gothic subgenres. But what I think people fail to remember when discussing this theory is that with Avril being signed to such a major label and being as big of a star as she was, it's likely that every choice made was done so pretty deliberately. On Let Go, Avril was finding her feet and much of the record was written by Avril along with the legendary production trio The Matrix before she was even famous. Some tracks or bonus tracks on the album were even versions of songs that Avril had written when she was about 15 years old and not even signed to a label. Think about what she must have learned, not only about herself, but about the world, between being that 15-year-old from a small town to then being an 18, 19-year-old major celebrity. Any artist's music style would have evolved under those circumstances, and that's even without considering the context of the rest of the industry at the time. Avril had released her first album in amongst the skater pop punk boom, but by 2004, when Under My Skin was released, the industry had shifted somewhat. Bands like Evanescence had hit the mainstream in that gap between Avril's first and second albums, and their 2003 album Fallen had helped bring about this huge gothic rock revival. It's no real surprise that Avril's second record had a little bit more of that feel about it. I'm sure both herself and her record label would have wanted to make sure she was moving with the times, and having that slightly darker side to her second album made sense. She worked with different collaborators on her second album, and by all accounts, she's a very headstrong artist, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if she'd pushed to be able to switch things up a little. In the years since this, we've seen plenty more changes in Avril's musical style, and she's definitely experimented along the way. But what artist with a 20-plus year career hasn't? She's now 38 years old, and whilst people like to pick out various songs from her catalogue and say things like, you're telling me the real Avril Lavigne would release a song like this, but I doubt that any of us could look at creative projects we worked on as teenagers or young adults and say we've not evolved past them. As for her voice itself, there are plenty of side-by-side -side clips that you can watch of Avril singing her hits like Complicated in both 2002 and in later years. 
And whilst there may be some slight differences, to my ears, this is clearly down to Avril's voice maturing and her technique evolving. The changes aren't drastic by any means, and I don't even think there's that much of a change between her voice in 2002 and in 2004. And I'm sure that if any of us had to sing the same songs over and over again, we'd end up tweaking the way we sang them as the years went by too. Also, remember the song I referenced earlier, Best Years of Our Lives, released by her former bandmate, Evan Torbenfeld? What the blog post fails to mention is that this song was a collaboration with Avril. She literally sings on the track, and the lyrics are a clear reference to their changing friendship. Why would Evan choose to work with the person he thought was a doppelganger? It's just another argument in the theory that makes no sense. It's a similar story when it comes to Avril's clothing style. She was very much pushed as the anti-Britney by the press during the early days of her career, and she favoured tank tops and converse over short dresses and heels. But by 2004, we were seeing Avril be more adventurous in her style, wearing things like corsets and tutus during the Under My Skin era, as well as dyeing her hair blonde from her natural light brown. And my view is that the clone theory blog post author could have found this jarring. As a kid and a young teenager, I was a huge tomboy myself, and I do personally remember feeling a bit conflicted when my idol, Avril, stepped away from wearing the kind of clothes that I liked for myself and started experimenting with more feminine and occasionally revealing outfits. So if it was the case that the blog post author felt somewhat betrayed by Avril dressing more like the artist she'd previously been pitted against by the media, perhaps this could have fueled the creation of this theory. It's just my personal opinion, of course, but we only need to look at the recent example of Billie Eilish to see what kind of backlash can come about when an artist changes the way they dress. In Billie's case, it was when she swapped her oversized trousers and tops for the corset that she wore on the cover of British Vogue in June 2021. Some of the comments made about her on social media were vile. At best, she was called a sellout, and at worst, she was spoken about in incredibly derogatory terms that I don't care to repeat here. In my opinion, I think it was perhaps easier or more convenient for some original Avril Lavigne fans to believe that she died and was replaced by a clone than to face the fact that their idol grew up and changed. For anyone who wasn't around when Avril first came onto the scene, she had a seriously hardcore fan base in those early years, and she still does to this day. With the release of more upbeat, pop-leaning songs like Girlfriend in 2007, and then the Hello Kitty era of 2013-2014, it added more fuel for people who were looking back to try and pinpoint these leaps in her style that could prove the clone theory. In reality, she is an artist with a long career who has dipped into many different styles along the way, no different to people like Taylor Swift, Rihanna or Ariana Grande. I'm not going to dedicate too much time to the blog post claims that Avril's physical features changed from 2002 to 2004, 2005, because honestly, I think she looks pretty much the same. If there's any conspiracy theory about Avril Lavigne we should be giving credit to, it's that she is a vampire who doesn't age. I joke, of course, but it's no sillier than the clone theory at this point. Many of the side-by-side -side photos that were in the original blog post and have since been removed are still available on Twitter and other articles. 
The two photos used to try and prove that Avril's nose looks different are pretty ridiculous, comparing two images with different angles, different lighting and shadows, and if you watch any video footage of Avril, her nose looks quite different from different angles, as do most people's. Plus, even if her nose had genuinely changed in appearance, which I don't believe it has, surely cosmetic surgery would be a more plausible explanation than being replaced by a clone. There's also a side-by-side -side image showing that Avril's arm appears to have a couple more small beauty spots on it than it did a couple of years earlier. Firstly, it's not uncommon for teenagers to develop new beauty spots, and secondly, the photos are comparing a candid photo with one from a photo shoot, which would presumably have been retouched. For me, these points are some of the most redundant. I don't see any major changes in Avril's looks, bar what you'd expect for someone who was once 17 and is now 38. As for the discrepancy in the reporting of her exact height, how many of us can hand on heart say that we know our height to the centimetre? I certainly don't. I mean, were these publications measuring Avril in their interviews? Did she only wear one style of shoe for years so that she never changed height? No, of course not. I'm sure every celebrity on the planet has had their height incorrectly recorded at one time or another, and Avril is no exception. As for her autograph or handwriting allegedly changing slightly, have you ever looked back at any of your old notebooks or any paperwork from when you were a teenager? I know that my writing looks different now than it did then. To be honest, my writing can look different from one hour to the next, depending on how much attention I'm paying when I'm writing something down. Every autograph of Avril's that I've ever seen looks pretty much the same as it did in the early years of her career, so this point always felt like a real reach to me. So what has Avril herself said about the clone theory? Not a huge amount, and I can't blame her really. It must be very strange to scroll through the comments of every single thing you post online and have people asking if it's the real you or if you died in 2003. But in 2018, she was asked about the theory on an Australian radio show, and she told the hosts Kyle and Jackie O, some people think that I'm not the real me, which is so weird. Why would they even think that? In 2019, she told Entertainment Weekly, quote, it's just a dumb internet rumor and I'm flabbergasted that people bought into it. Isn't that so weird? It's so dumb. And I look the exact same. On one hand, everyone is like, oh my God, you look the same. And on the other hand, people are like, oh my God, she died. It must be really strange. I honestly can't imagine if this was a rumor that you had to hear about yourself. Avril's ex-husband, Derek Wibley, is quoted in an interview with NME.com saying that Avril's dead and has been replaced by a clone. I'm not surprised it was invented. I'm surprised it gained any traction because it's ridiculous and the dumbest thing I've ever heard. What's weird is a really good friend who I'd known for a while brought it up to me saying, dude, did you hear the theory about Avril? I'm like, yeah, I know, it's ridiculous. Then he's like, yeah, but there's some strong arguments, it's pretty convincing. I was like, wait, you believe it? I don't know if we can be friends anymore. The whole thing was weird to me. My final thought before I end this episode is that I think the rumor gained a lot of traction whilst Avril had a pretty quiet point in her career while suffering badly with Lyme disease, which she was diagnosed with in 2015. Even though the blog post first surfaced in 2011, it was really around 2017 that it spread further than ever when Avril had been gone from the spotlight for a couple of years. 
She's spoken about the fact that at one point during those two years, she was suffering so severely with Lyme disease that she accepted death and that it was one of the scariest moments of her life. I think it was probably easier for the theory to spread during this time as there was no other news regarding Avril to drown out the conspiracy chatter, so it may have gained more pace in certain algorithms. It's not hard to see how social media can help distribute messages like this, and TikTok definitely gave a new lease of life to the theory too. It's a platform that doesn't require users to look very deeply at all into the content that they're consuming, and a conspiracy theory like this is the perfect little morsel of gossip for a TikTok viewer, even though there's no truth to it. So would I blame you for getting to the end of this episode and still wanting to believe the theory? I guess not. I mean, I've made it clear that I'm a huge fan of Avril, so I'd understand if you think this has been biased. But I'll leave you with this thought. If the other episodes of my podcast prove anything, it's that truth is often much stranger than fiction. There are plenty of proven and truthful weird stories out there to get your teeth into, and I think it's time to let go of the Avril clone theory. Well, I know that was something a little different, but this is a topic I've wanted to cover in a long form way for years now. And I thought, what better time to do so than on an episode of Things Are About To Get Weird? It's definitely a strange story and I hope you found it interesting. I've mentioned a lot of the sources that have helped with the research for this episode along the way, but just to recap, there was of course the avrilestamorta-blogspot.com site, Ryan Broderick's BuzzFeed article, Pieces from Metro.co.uk, Rolling Stone, Entertainment Weekly, Time Magazine, NME.com, Bustle.com and the BBC. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode and as always, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Feel free to pop me an email at thingsgetweirdpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at thingsgetweirdpodcast and I'll be sure to post the photo of Avril and I together on there. Twitter is at abouttogetweird and then we have the Facebook page and the private discussion group too. So if you search the podcast name on Facebook, you'll find both of those. And the discussion group in particular is a great place to chat about about not only the episodes, but other true crime and strange but true stories too. I have been spotting all of your reviews and ratings coming in on Spotify and Apple Podcasts lately, and I can't tell you how grateful I am. If you're enjoying the podcast, please do click those stars on Spotify or even write a line or two on Apple Podcasts once you finish this episode if you have time. It means more to me than I can say, and each rating totally makes my day. Until next time, take care of yourself and others and keep it weird, but the good kind of weird. <laughs>